Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. I also want to take away a narrative that gaming can't be social or you become antisocial doing this. When I started streaming, or before I started streaming, I was so antisocial, man. I couldn't talk in front of people. I was terrible with it. I started streaming and got used to talking in front of a camera, and I found myself being much more confident talking in, in real life. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacourt from the Reform Sports Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Garrett Swanson, content creator, gamer, and former Division III college baseball player at Kalamazoo College. Garrett and I discuss how he formed a career as a content creator, the misconceptions of gaming, and how he navigates the unpredictability of social media. I got another phenomenal guest. Dude played at the D3 level, so he's my D3 family. Guy's a stud. In the record books at Kalamazoo College, on the bump, shoving for years. Uh, content creator, esports game. I don't even know what the hell you call him, but he's an absolute dude. Garrett Swanson, a.k.a. Graceful Swan. Thanks so much for hopping on, man. Hey, I appreciate it, man. How we doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm really pumped to have you, as I said, and... Where I want to start with you is you, you obviously are an athlete, played at the collegiate level. You know, you're in the competitive content creation world right now. What was it like for you growing up? Was it, was it sports? Was it video games? Was it both? Like, what was your journey through the youth sports culture like? Well, um, I, I played, I guess, games for, you know, like pretty much most kids do when, when I was young. I was super casual, though, but everything was about baseball for me back then. And then also, um, we can get into that uh, a little later down the line, but I was also a big into like the, the bands and orchestras back in high school, too. But um, yeah, everything was baseball for me. I started, uh, started playing. I started pitching a little later than most typically do. I was 11, so I was like getting into the higher levels of Little League before I even started pitching. Uh, but I, I was a catcher before that, and uh, I decided I wanted to pitch. And a lot of days were spent. I had a little like 
all-purpose field across the street with a backstop and i would just take a bucket of balls out there and i would throw against the backstop until the thing broke basically a couple years down the line so it wasn't you just said you were involved in in music and stuff so was it was it just baseball did you do other sports or was it just like you were well-rounded and well-versed in all different types of activities i i was lucky to have parents that wanted to you know, give me exposure at anything, basically. So I played a lot of sports in the beginning, but I, I specialized in baseball, I would say, pretty early. I've always loved basketball, but, you know, they say uh, pitchers are athletes, of course, but, um, you know, I wasn't athletic enough to play a sport like basketball. So <laughs> I love it, but I couldn't play it. So at the end of the day, when it came to athletics, you kind of locked in at an earlier age, you know, in, in in baseball, but you also, you said you mentioned, so you were involved in music as well? Yeah, so I played uh, piano for five years up until about sixth grade, and then I went into uh, percussion, so drummer, uh, you know, keyboards, all that type of stuff. So I'm 43 years old. How old are you? Uh, 25. So you and I, you know, we came up certainly in different eras. Like, you were coming up, I would imagine the travel ball circuit was pumping, uh, you know, perfect game and all these PBR, all these different types of... Were you in the travel circuit, you know, trying to get ranked? Was it like running around the country all over the place? Uh, not as much. I, I did a little like local travel team. So we would take like one big trip from Indiana to Michigan, for example. So like I, a lot of kids, you know, would go to Cooperstown and Little League. I, I never got the opportunity to do that or anything like that. It was mostly um, just small travel teams. And uh, I wasn't like, I guess, talented in the way uh, to talented enough i should say to get like ranked or anything like that uh in fact i mean we'll get we'll get to high school i'm sure but i, I was cut completely from the high school program my junior year how the so hold on a second you were cut from your high school team but yet you were the all-time appearance you know record holder at kalamazoo how, how did you i gotta hear the story how the hell does that happen <laughs> so i played I, I i never threw hard i think the fastest pitch i threw in my life was 84 miles an hour. Um, so back in high school, I'm throwing, you know, low to mid-70s. And I played freshman ball, did pretty well there, JV, sophomore year. And then I didn't make varsity, but my high school program didn't allow juniors on JV. So I got cut and said, see you next year. So hold on. I'm not laughing. I'm laughing because the way you're saying that, it's kind of funny. You're a junior. You get cut. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, that had to be a... A shot to the ego, dude. I've never been one to have like a giant ego or anything, but it it sucked, man. That was tough. But I've always been one that uh, I've always, I guess, been a grinder. My dad always used to tell me um, the saying in our family is we're not extremely talented at anything, but we're slightly above mediocre at most things. So I was never like a talent based individual. So I was always working hard. So it just kind of, I guess, motivated me and got a little better. I love, see, but that's, that, you know, we talk about that a lot. It's using your strengths, right? I mean, nowadays when you go on, uh, you know, anywhere on social media, turn on a Major League Baseball game, the average velocity is like 95, right? It's very common now to see 100 on the radar guns, and, and that's incredible. But it's like, here you are, you got cut from your, your high school team. You never threw harder than 84, yet you set the appearance record. How much, and, and you've been there, I've been there. You get to college, everyone was a good player you know, at the high school level, some were better than others, but even at the D3, D2, D1 doesn't matter. It's like, you're still surrounded by guys that know how to compete. What was the separator for you? Did you have a chip on your shoulder? Like always feel like you had to prove yourself and that, did that kind of drive you? Basically, uh, I found out my sophomore year, actually, I 
I thought I was like a, a full-on recruit with a guaranteed roster spot, but I, I misunderstood. I found out sophomore year that there was one day in the fall that actually got me on the team in college and then worked up from there. I actually had a pretty you know decent freshman season, got to pitch a lot, and it was just because I showed something one day in the fall, and then over the winter we kind of refined it, and I ended up becoming a sinker baller out of the bullpen. I absolutely love that. And then here we are, you know, and how you and I connected. I came across your content uh, on Twitter and, of course, saw your bio and was like, man, you know, the baseball background. Where did video games come into play, man? And part of my language, if I don't know how to speak it that well, I mean, I'm not, you know, a gamer. So when did that come in? When did that become like the main thing for you? Uh, the main thing, it probably... So I did, uh, I, I got into the perfect game league right after my sophomore year, I want to say. And uh, so I did summer ball out there for, for a summer. I get back. My school started, it was on a trimester system and it started like mid-September. So way after all my friends would go back, my summer job that I had didn't have hours for me. So I started playing a lot of MLB The Show because there was literally nothing I could do outside of go to the gym. So I would play MLB for you know, six to eight hours a day. And uh, that kind of got me going on like the, you know, the grinding, the long hours, I guess. Before that, it was just super casual. So was it like, you know, as a parent of six, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate, if I came home and my kids were playing video games for six, seven, eight hours, you know, if they were living here, I'd be like, dude, what, what are you doing? So there's a lot of misconceptions. Can you talk about that? You say grinding and out. What What is that like? Well, to start, uh, you know, my mom was, uh, home most often my dad was usually he's a trucker so he was out on the road right you know she 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 knows me and knows that like i had a summer job and it was actually the same place that she was working at the time they just didn't have hours for me so she knew there was nothing i could really do i was getting all my stuff done but you know there's, there's no other options at that point i wasn't streaming i wasn't trying to you know make anything out of it i was just playing honestly for me it wasn't even that fun it got boring after a while then i discovered though I could play and watch something while I was playing on like my laptop next to me. And then I discovered content creators, right? So watch another guy play MLB The Show. And that's what made me discover Twitch and, and YouTube. Uh, YouTube, everyone knows about his gaming videos and all that if you're a gamer. But the live streaming aspect, it was completely unfamiliar to me at the time. So I actually got into Twitch a little later than a lot of people you would meet would. A lot of parents may hear this and, you know, their kid comes home one day. So, man, I want to be... You know, I want to, I want to stream live playing Fortnite, whatever the hell it is, you know, whatever MLB the show. And, and I, and I want to go on Twitch and I want to pursue this. I mean, I, I've seen there's like, you can get a college scholarship, you know what I mean? Playing esports, right? And game. So yeah, I wasn't even around when I was there. <laughs> yeah. And that's not that long ago, right? I mean, it's really, I mean, you're 25 years old. You said, so what's the culture like? Is there anything that your youth sport experience like? Is it similar now uh, in the gaming world that's competitive? Like, or is there a chase? Like, what's it like in the gaming community? Because parents want to know how to navigate this. Well, I will say, um, you know, down the line when, when I have a kid and, and they say they want to do this, right? You got to make sure you're getting your stuff done. Your priorities are straight, right? And then, like, I, I grew this while having a full-time job after college. That, my blow, blow up happened when I had a full-time job. So I'm working my full-time job. I was living in Northwest Indiana at the time, commuting to Chicago every day. So I had about three hours total of commuting every day. So I worked my full-time job, have the commutes and all that, come home and then do my work on the side. It was a side hustle that turned into something. Now, I don't know the, I guess the pro gaming scene as well. I watch a lot, but I, I, I'm not a pro gamer. I don't have like the, I guess the talent like that. Cause some of these guys that, you know, are actually in the esports level of things, they, they're 
you think of like prodigies in, in baseball, for example, or any sport, it's the same way in video games. There's some of these people that are just way more talented than the others. And, you know, they usually make themselves stand out eventually in tournaments and stuff. And you can kind of see where they're going with that. So you're on there streaming and content creation. Like, how do you monetize that? Right. I mean, is it all about clicks? Like, I mean, clearly you have to be engaging. And if I'm not mistaken, you have north of a half a million followers across all social media platforms, right? Yeah. So how did you, you know, where was your jumping off point and where did that like start to take off? You're like, wait, I could probably make a living doing this. Uh, so I started doing all this content creation. I started just as a streamer. I was still in college. It was just kind of like a side hobby thing uh, on Twitch. And I'd started that about four and a half years ago. Now, I didn't really get going and have anything cash fire until I was on all the platforms. It's something that you, you probably don't know about Twitch is there's no algorithm with it. There's no way to get discovered outside of just, you know, pe people finding you randomly and clicking on you. Unless you're on the YouTubes, the TikToks, the Instagrams that have algorithms that can, you know, get you to pop off a little bit. So my pop off started when I was one of the first people creating MLB The Show content on TikTok. So that was probably about two and a half years ago now. And that's when you just saw, what was it, just a big jump in, in engagement or following? Yeah. So that was around the time of COVID. And uh, my job got changed to work from home. So I got an extra three hours a day saved from the commute. And I was able to start editing some of my content and putting it out there on TikTok, for example. More people would find me on TikTok. They liked my content, started following me there. And then they found out I streamed. And then they would come over to my stream. And then that started growing everything, including my YouTube. Uh, and then everything kind of just started growing together. When we come back, Garrett and I discuss the importance of time management and work ethic. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. 
Welcome back. Where we left off, Garrett and I were about to talk about how he applies lessons learned from playing sports at a young age to his current career. So it's funny. It was like one of those things where it just, you know, the right time, right place. But, you know, I always like to try to think about like the correlation and just listening to your background, you know, having to deal with adversity in high school, um, which quite frankly, you know, I know how tough, especially you mentioned your junior year. Like for me, that was a really challenging year emotionally. Um, you know, just going through a lot of physical changes and, you know, you, you know, high school is high school, right? It's tough. You know, at, at, at the, oh, yeah. at the time you feel like it's your entire world. Well, at that time it is your entire world. So those things mean a lot. So, you know, was there things that happened through your athletic experience that have helped you kind of, you know, as you continue to pursue this content creation in the video gaming world? Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's multiple factors. Um, having a drive work ethic, staying busy. I mean, I mentioned, you know, with baseball and all that during high school, and I'm sure most of the listeners that um, they're involved in sports or have kids involved in sports and all that. So, you know how much time that can take. Well, I was also in every single band and orchestra uh, in my school at the time. So I would have, you know, in the spring or the winter, I would have the morning baseball workouts before school at 6 a.m. school. And then afterwards, I would have band and orchestras and all that until, you know, eight to 10 o'clock and then do homework and all that. So I, I have always had a habit of always being incredibly busy. So my time management got worked pretty well in high school, even before college happened. So time management's huge. There's so many things I'm doing and creating content for. I'm always staying busy. And I got in that habit early in my life. You know, the fact that your parents gave you kind of, it sounds like like the freedom, right? The freedom to explore, to try different things. Was having that parental support something that gave you like, the confidence to feel like I can explore, I can do different things. Like, did you ever feel pressure to have to go somewhere or do, do one thing? Uh, there was only one time that I was like pressured to do something by my parents. Uh, and it's to the point where I didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Um, so getting involved in the marching band in, in high school, my dad was a marching band. Uh, I wasn't really interested. And he's like, right, just give it a shot for the summer. All I'm tough making you do is the summer. Give it a shot. See if you like it. Because he knew I would. I ended up really loving it. And that helped get me involved. But he was doing that to help me get uh, a friend group as well as some other skills that that taught me. Like, you know, the time management as well as like, you know, some some mental, you know, toughness at, at points too. Because, you know, you're out in the sun all day. Similar to baseball. Uh, learning stuff and all that. That was probably the one time that I was like not about something. And I was like, they were like, you got to get on this. You got to try it at least. Everything else though, they, they've been incredibly supportive of what I want to do. And they, they know I'm a hard worker and I always have been. So as long as I'm putting my time and, and worth into something, they, they support me. Regardless of what you're trying to do. And I, and I feel like you know, since starting Reform Sports Project back in, you know, April of 2019, I was just, I got passionate about it, uh, about the topic. And, and when people ask me what made me start, I quite frankly, I got pissed off. You know, I was like, I had enough and I felt like there needed to be a voice. And I just wanted to take action and kind of use my relationships and my experience to kind of just share that, you know, and get others to do that as well. But that takes overcoming my own insecurity, right? You're, you got to put yourself out there. And, and social media is great because you can reach people. You can grow a platform. You can, you know, have a voice that can be, you know, um, you know, levitated or, or magnet, whatever the case is. But that also brings in scrutiny. It also brings in instant rejection. It also brings in a ton of uncertainty. So how do you navigate those emotions of, Hey, one day I have 
20 followers. Next day, I have 100,000. How do you extract from all those experiences your stick-to-itiveness and more importantly, stay in that grind without saying, man, I just, this shit's frustrating. I want to quit. Yeah, it's, uh, in the social media world, it, it, it's tough. It, absolutely what you described. Um, a lot of it comes from, from when I, uh, from sportsmen. I mean, like, I was never the talented one. You know, talent, especially when you're young, is always like uh, much higher than, than the other kids, right? And then you can use hard work to catch up to talent. And then the talented ones that don't work hard, they'll, they'll just stay where you're at. You can catch up to those guys. So that's basically the mindset I've always had in order to keep competing in sports. I had to catch up to those more talented people, whether that be, you know, physically or, or mentally. Like, I mean, my big thing at Kazoo when, uh, when I was pitching was I would basically be the fireman roll out of the bullpen. So like keeping a level head, getting put into a tough situation and trying to get out of it and not getting rattled and all that. That's always what I've, you know, exceeded with. Now, when it comes to, to content and all that, you were talking earlier about right place, right time, right? I got an extra influx of time due to COVID. Because everyone was stuck at home and uh, isolated and all that. A lot of people, you know, just mess around. Oh, it's, you know, extra time. I can watch more Netflix and all that. I got to work because <laughs> that's what I know. I, I utilize as much time as possible and, and I'm always working on something. So it, it just every step of my life, I've had to do something like that where I, have to, I just have to figure it out. You know, if I want something, you got to figure out how to get it. Old blue collar mentality of, you know, outworking people. You know, I saw I saw a video I actually posted it on our feed uh, not too long ago with Coach Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney from Clemson, and he's like, you know, talking about how he still believes you can outwork people, you can out hustle people, you can out, you know, out everything people. Like you can force your will and out prepare people, everything. And and I believe that, I, I, you know, I believe that as well. You're talking about COVID. There was a time I was so my wife would be like, dude, you're out of your mind, and I was interviewing like four to five people. That I was just on the brink of becoming obsessed. You know, and I hear that word a lot of times from very successful people I interview, whether it be a coach or an athlete or a business owner, whatever it is, they're on the brink of an almost unhealthy obsession, but it's like that balancing act. Can you talk about how can parents navigate? And I know, I don't know if you're a parent or not, but let's say parents are going to be hearing this and their kids are going to have a, a passion, you know, on the brink of obsession. What's a way that they can balance, like allow our kids to the freedom to explore this, you know, gaming world content creation, but also, you know, making sure that they're staying physically active, not becoming an unhealthy obsession. Can you kind of maybe give some advice to the folks out there with your experience? I'm not a parent. I, I do see myself parenting similar to how my parents parented me, though, or I, I have to be involved in something. It was the same thing with my brother, who actually is very similar to what this what you're describing right now, this, this situation. He was always about the games, right? And my parents said, you have to be involved in something. In high school, he was involved in cross country. Middle school, he was involved in orchestra. As long as you're doing something with your time, either active or getting your brain active, say with music, for example, as long as you're in something that can be a social activity as well as just getting you out of the house and doing something. You get your grades and all that. If you want to use your extra time for gaming or whatever, feel free as long as you're, you're getting your stuff done. How important is it to make sure that you stay involved in that social atmosphere? I'm sure you have, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but have come into some folks that maybe are a little like, you know, that struggle in that department. I don't know if there's any correlation to being locked inside or, or just kind of hibernate and playing games, but how important is just the social aspect of just overall development? When you're a kid, I think it's huge, but I also want to 
I guess, take away a narrative that gaming can't be social or you become anti-social doing this. When I started streaming or before I started streaming, I was, I was so anti-social, man. I couldn't talk in front of people. When it comes to, came to like, you know, speeches in school, uh, you know, English projects, all that. I was terrible with it, man. Uh, incredibly self-conscious and all that. I started streaming and got used to talking in front of a camera. And I found myself being much more confident talking in, in real life for these speeches and stuff. Instead of like writing down speeches, I was able to come off the dome with stuff because that's literally what I was doing as a hobby was coming off the dome with everything, talking about literally whatever I wanted while I was gaming and talking to, to chat, basically. I think when you're a kid, you need to be involved in some type of activity or something. But also, I don't think it's one or the other. I think gaming also can be a social aspect in someone's life. Man, I'm so glad that you said that because one of the reasons I wanted to start this, I've been to enough baseball fields, wrestling, you know, tournaments, and I've heard enough knucklehead parents. And of course, at times I was that parent um, where if I'm a kid and I could put headphones on and be in a room playing video games, chilling with my boys, you know, I'd rather do that because I don't want to hear my knucklehead father, you know, being an idiot, you know, telling me how I got to throw strikes when, uh, you know, he's standing over there behind the fence. So. I cannot thank you enough for strikes. Just throw a strike, play catch with your catcher. <laughs> like what do you this, think I'm trying to do? The single worst thing to say to a pitcher in the history of mankind. I love it. <laughs> Garrett, where can we find you? Tell the people so they can follow you and, and find your content. Uh, you can look up Graceful Swan pretty much everywhere. Some of the some of the platforms like Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, there's an underscore in between Graceful and Swan, but if you look up Graceful Swan, you should be able to find me pretty much everywhere. Dude, I love it. I can't thank you enough for coming on, sharing your experience, sharing your path. Man, I, I truly, truly appreciate your time. Grateful we connected. Thanks again, bro. Yeah, of course, man. It was a great time. That's Garrett Swanson, popular content creator and gamer. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store.
Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.